Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and so excited this week, legitimately excited, because Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is finally out and up for review. That's out in theaters. It's going to be a spoiler-free review, so don't worry about that. And the other film is Cinderella out on Amazon Prime. First up is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and the last time I remember feeling this stressed out about doing a review and seeing a film was for Crazy Rich Asians, because there is so much pressure on Shang-Chi. And I feel it myself. I'm sure the filmmakers and everyone involved in the film felt it. There's just so much riding on this for multiple reasons. So there's the representation factor. There's the fact that this is really the kickoff of the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's again, did I mention the representation factor? Mostly this comes down to that factor. So this is going to be a spoiler-free review because 99.9% of my reviews are, but I just want to get that out of the way up front. I was... So relieved and so happy to see this film. We've also been waiting so long for this. I actually trekked out to a theater for it. I've been very, very cautious about theaters. I've only seen two films in theaters in the last 18 months, and this had to be one of them. And I will say it was worth it. Normally, I'm like, no, it's fine. You can see this on a small screen. No, just being immersed in the experience and feeling a sense of joy at being at the movie. This is the type of movie you just, you do need to see on a big screen. And I totally acknowledge that. So I'm going to break this review up into chunks. I'm going to look at it first just sort of as a Marvel film, although it's, again, it's hard to take the representation part out of it, but as a Marvel film, if you are a fan of the MCU, I think you're really going to enjoy this. I think this is one of the better origin films we've had in a long time. It also kind of feels like it can stand alone a little bit, which I think is nice because we've had however many 10 plus years of overwhelming interwoven things. And so to be able to reset and take a step back and just, it's not in your face like, hey, you're a dum-dum origin story. I actually really appreciate the way that it trusted its audience to be like, you're a smart cookie. You can pick up on things. You're going to figure out a lot of this origin stuff. Yes, there are things that will be enhanced if you have an knowledge of the existing MCU and I think after Shang-Chi and maybe Eternals and a couple other films we're going to go back to that state where you have to have seen you know the last 10 movies but Shang-Chi it's not standalone but it has a healthy plot and life of its own that you could get into even if you are not super super immersed in the MCU. I do think it also benefits from the fact that we haven't had an origin story like this in a while. It's a little templated you know I think honestly all of the superhero origin stories have to be a little bit templated. There's just you know that's what the source material is right? But I think Black Widow was an interesting sort of in-between one where we knew so much about the character already that there wasn't that much they could give us in the origin story. And so it was sort of an origin slash side tangent story adventure uh, that happened during the everything else going on in the MCU events. Whereas this feels truly like an origin story. And I think it is one of my favorite ones. I think another favorite of mine is maybe something like Ant-Man and I gravitate towards the slightly more comedic Marvel films. And I was surprised at how much comedy there is in this one. And it's not beat you over the head with it comedy, but the fact that they've got Simu Liu in it, who was on Kim's Convenience and has those comedy chops. They've got Aquafina, who is absolutely a comedian at heart. You've got Ronnie Chang, who's also a comedian. You've got these comedic elements, but the film doesn't push that too far and isn't too over the top with it. I think it's just a really nice balance of it. The action is very cool. It's distinct. It's still a CG extravaganza, but I think what truly sets Shang-Chi apart from a lot of the other Marvel films is it addresses a problem that a lot of Marvel films, and in fact a lot of superhero films, I would say, have in general in that the thing or person or whatever it is that opposes the hero is usually a faceless nameless creature that has motivations that are just destroy everything or whatever it is or they just end up being this one-dimensional throwaway nemesis who doesn't come back no Shang-Chi doesn't have that Shang-Chi has a 
fully formed character that we understand their motivations, we understand their backstory, we may not approve of their methodology, but we are given a glimpse into their inner workings and so just so well performed by Tony Leung. I just, I can't speak highly enough. He stole the show for me in many senses and I think this is what makes a great superhero film is the forces of good and evil is so reductive, but the forces of things that we generally can approve of and then the forces of things that may hey maybe deep down we agree with them but we are, don't agree with their methodology right or just we understand where they're coming from in the deepest darkest places of our souls and I don't think I've seen a again I can't think of another word for villain anti-hero performance this captivating since the Thor and early Avengers version of Loki where you really did understand where that character was coming from and they had motivation and they showed it on screen and it made sense Yes, so early Loki, who I do think is the greatest villain in the MCU that we've seen to date, definitely being challenged by Tony Leung here. And what uh, again, what a performance. So as a Marvel film, as you know, just a superhero film, I think it's really, really fun. It's funny. It has great action sequences. It clearly takes a lot of its influence from like the Hong Kong style martial arts. So just be prepared for that type of influence where you've got both the sort of CG factor and then you've got that sort of stylized action also happening, which might take a little bit to get used to if you're not familiar with it. But if you're inspired by this film, I would definitely say go and watch any and all of the classic Hong Kong style martial arts films you'll see some amazing action there again I just I can't speak highly enough of the cast everyone was doing the work again Simu Liu Aquafina, Meng Erdang Bala Chen Benedict Wong Ronnie Chang Michelle Yao and Tony Leung like come on you can't get you can't there's no you can't ask for a lot more than that that's not true you can ask for plenty more than that and I will be asking for more than that and however many sequels they will give me because I want sequels that's something I say often so from just that perspective, was grateful that it was just an enjoyable Marvel film. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. Now, let's put on our representation caps. As someone of Asian descent, anytime a film like this comes out, there's just so much stress on it because if this fails, then suddenly the next 10 projects that we're going to star Asian leads or Asian American and, you know, Asian Canadian leads all get shelved because they blame the race thing up front. And I don't think that's fair. Same issue happens with female led projects, right? I felt a similar stress when Wonder Woman came out because if that failed, there probably went all of our female superhero films. Thankfully, that was really enjoyable. So we keep getting them. And as I said in the beginning, Crazy Rich Asians was the last time in theaters that I felt this sort of level of stress. I was once again so relieved at this film. Clearly, it is written by people who are of Asian, and not just Asian, Asian-American descent, because there is a huge distinction between the Asian of Asia characters and then the Americanized Asians. And there were some so many micro moments that I was just like, yes, I get this. I get this. I have lived through this moment. It's something that maybe if you come from a different culture will still be a valuable character moment to you. But if you are someone who lived through it, you oh, just the pressures of having Asian parents and achieving and that, but that's a whole plot in the film, which kind of makes sense given the plot they have set up. But just the pressures of achieving the just the jokes of you can't have platonic friends. Everybody's a possible relationship. The gender dynamics of having sons versus having daughters, which is a huge factor in this film as well, which I really appreciated. There was just so many moments that 
made it very clear that there was a genuine understanding of the Asian American experience that went into this. And I truly think that has to do with having a director slash screenwriter and one of the other screenwriters who are Asian American. And it is interesting, Destin Daniel Cretton, who is the director of this, is Japanese American, but clearly captured a lot of the Chinese American experience. And so either that or there are things that transcend culture. And that's absolutely true, I know for a fact, because some of my other friends who are of different Asian backgrounds than I am, you know, we all have a commonality in some of these things that I'm referring to. But just what uh, I teared up when the movie started because a lot of it is in Mandarin and I just felt so seen in this film. It also doesn't hurt that the film takes place some of the time in San Francisco, which is where I'm from. And I just so much of it felt so authentic, even though it's taking place in this fantastical world. There are still moments in it that I'm like, okay, this is sort of a broader representation. And I would say that applies not just to the, you know, race representation here, but just the plot representation. There are a couple things that I'm like, yes, this these are the same sort of things I expect from other Marvel films. And I, you know, you can't hold this one to a different standard because it's a Marvel film. There's not, you go into it knowing what you're going to expect. And this one, I knew what I was expecting and was still pleasantly surprised. So please, please actually go see this in theaters. Be safe about it. Be careful. Be vaccinated. Be masked. But what it was just so enjoyable to see in theaters on a screen. And also just the fact that the majority of the cast was, I cannot recall, there's one character who's white, but they're like a side background character. I didn't see a ton of white characters in this. And it was just such a refreshing, odd experience for me to look like the characters who are on screen. And look, if you're going to complain about, oh, you're leaving out white people or whatever it is. Hey, you have almost every single other superhero film. You're doing fine. There's plenty of you. Let us have this as well. It's not exclusionary of white characters, but it's just like, yeah, this is a story that takes place in a certain community. And the authenticity is there. And I just, I loved feeling like I could have been a part of that world from that perspective. And then also, you know, I love this movie for the same reason. I love all Marvel superhero films, just the action, fighting, fantastic, fantastic moments, storytelling, you know, legendary things. And uh, yeah, go see this film in theaters. It's not a perfect movie. And I don't think any film is ever perfect, but in terms of experiences and joy at the movies and just big blockbuster extravaganza, this is absolutely a five out of five for me. And then the other film I have this week, and I'm loath to review it in the same week as Shang-Chi, is Cinderella. And I'm loath just because Shang-Chi had me on such a high. I was so happy about it. It was just such a delightful film to watch. I've been thinking about it since. And then there's Cinderella on Amazon and technically also out in theaters. And for every reason that I felt like Shang-Chi was made for me, I feel like Cinderella is not made for me, but I'm also not sure who Cinderella is made for. So it's the story of Cinderella, which I think most people are familiar with at this point in time. It stars Camila Cabello, Adina Menzel, Billy Porter, Nicholas Galitzine, Minnie Driver, and Pierce Brosnan. And this film was trying so desperately hard to feel modern and feminist, I think, and empowered, but at the same time, it completely undermined itself time after time. And I, oh my God, it was so painful to watch. It's it's a musical, but it's one of those musicals where they try and take, it's a jukebox musical where they take modern songs and they make them quasi-relevant to the plot using the visuals and all that stuff. And it was just, it was so painful to watch. I... I don't, I'm, I know Camila Cabello is a singer and I no shade to her whatsoever, but she is not the best at acting while singing. And that is something you need to be able to do clo for close-ups in a movie. Now on stage, you might be able to be more broad or get away with certain things. But when you're in a movie musical, your close-up acting matters. And she just did not 
have the chops for it. She can sing. I'm sure she can sing. I'm pretty sure she can sing. And she was certainly trying her hardest, but when she's the one carrying the film, it's really painful. And then it's also very confusing because then you've got Adina Menzel, legend of stage and screen. You've got Billy Porter, legend of stage and screen. They are doing a great job. So if you're cast, if you know that you need people like that in this film, why why don't you cast a, a main character who can do that work? And then the, the guy who plays the prince in it, the Nicholas kid, I don't know where he's from, he, whatever, he's fine, but he cannot sing. It does, I don't think Minnie Driver and Pierce Brosnan can sing at all. I don't know if it was their voices or not their voices, but it was painful. It was so painful. There are so many moments that I was just like, please make it stop. Like, why didn't you dub this? Did What do these people, what, what do Minnie Driver and Pierce Brosnan have over the makers of this film that they were like, you're going to let me sing in this? I just don't understand. And Oh, it was it was so brutal to watch because again, so it's taking the story of Cinderella and then it's trying to modernize it in some senses. And there's this whole thing about her wanting to not wanting a prince, but she wants to, you know, get a job and make money on her own. And that's we should look down upon that, which, okay, you know, okay, this, you know, I get the message that you're trying to say. I'm fully supportive of the idea that women should have jobs, but the, the setting and the time and the place that they've done it, it just felt all jammed together. And then I complain a lot, especially on like roundtable discussions about how a lot of the films we see recently don't feel like they take place on a set. They feel like they're completely in front of a green screen. You know, um, Shang-Chi is something that I think is kind of in both worlds just because so much of it is fantastical. But um, I would say something like Jungle Cruise is an example of a film where there's clearly a lot of budget spent but almost no practical sets this film Cinderella seems like it was made probably somewhere in eastern Europe and it had actual sets but everything felt super cheap there's again there's this whole plot line about how Cinderella actually wants to sell her dress designs the dress designs look just tacky and cheap and just the whole world looks tacky and cheap and I don't understand because they're clearly in a real world setting so why why it's attention to detail but more importantly than that it's the plot it's the performances it's it was it was tough it was a really it was a tough pill to swallow we've seen so many better adaptations of Cinderella we've seen so many better modernizations of Cinderella where you do have a pro-feminist version of her I would say Ever After is a great example of it also if you want an example of a jukebox musical-esque Cinderella adaptation watch Ella Enchanted which also stars Minnie Driver so it just felt like they were ripping off Ella Enchanted most of the time. I could not find a particularly redeeming thing about this film. I feel very bad about saying that, but it was just painful to watch. And I I mostly watched this because Billy Porter's in it, and I love Billy Porter. And I was just like, I will watch him in almost anything. It was brutal. It was so painful. I was just, like, uh, clearly they spent time on his sequence. And then he, it was like they had him for like two days at the most. So they spent a bunch of time and effort on that. And then they're like, peace out. And just phoned the rest of the script in. Like even visually, those moments that you know, there's this huge VFX sequence. Billy Porter plays the the fairy godmother, and uh, you know, there's a huge transformation sequence. This is in trailers and stuff, so I don't feel bad about talking about it. You can like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is where all your production budget went for this because you knew this was the moment. This is how you were gonna trick people like me into possibly watching it because they're like, Billy Porter would be in this. All right, I'll watch it. I'm sad to not be able to support it, but I just I I really did not enjoy watching this film. It's not for me. I maybe if you're like a little kid or not a little not super little but maybe there are children who might enjoy this but I think there are better versions of it as I said Ever After or Ella Enchanted much more enjoyable much more chemistry also between everybody involved I get that there's a prince princess thing that happens in this with uh the two you know the prince and Cinderella and I just felt like they 
there was nothing there whatsoever. So I am only going to give this 1.5 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.